Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast and Project, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue Emergency Medicine Residency Program. I'm Jenny Beck-Esme. As you may know, Swami is one of the hardest working docs in foam, so we decided to give him a couple of weeks off from the Core EM Podcast. In his place, I'm really excited to welcome one of my co-third-year residents, Dee Coneybear. Welcome, Dee. Hello. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Dee is joining me for a two-part series on C-spine imaging. This week, we will focus on how to read C-spine CT images, and in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a second part where we're going to talk about some need-to-know C-spine injuries. Now, as these two talks will deal with a lot of imaging, we will be putting up a blog post today about the topic. I encourage you to take a look at the post while listening or refer to it afterward for some good spaced repetition. Let's get started. Dee, this week you gave an excellent conference lecture on C-spine injuries and imaging. You started by reminding us that, as with all imaging, we need to remember the anatomy to understand what we're looking at. That's right. Remembering and understanding anatomy is key to knowing what to look for on CT. But first, I just wanted to give a shout out to Dr. David T. Schwartz, one of our wonderful attendings, for without whom my talk would not have been possible, and who wrote a really great textbook on emergency radiology called Emergency Radiology Case Studies. Another textbook I found very helpful was the Harris and Harris, The Radiology of Emergency Medicine textbook. For more detailed explanations, I would recommend those two resources getting down to business. In talking about cervical spine anatomy, everything for some reason has at least two names. We'll try to keep everything consistent. Starting with C1, or the atlas, named appropriately after the Greek god who carried the world on his shoulders as C1 carries our cranium. C1 is special in that it does not have a body nor a spinous process. It is composed of an anterior arch that connects to the lateral masses which contains the superior and inferior articular facets from which the transverse processes project. The superior articular facets articulation with the occipital condyles allows us to look up and down. Posteriorly, the lateral masses connect with the posterior arch. Where a vertebral body would be is a hole that is occupied by the dens or the odontoid process of C2. A transverse atlantal ligament holds the dens in place against the anterior arch of C1. That's a lot about C1, but it's a really important bone. Moving on to C2, named the axis, so named as it allows us to pivot on the axis of the dens or the odontoid process, allowing us to move our heads side to side. The dens projects upwards to articulate with the anterior arch of C1. Then C3 through C7 are all pretty similar. Anteriorly, there is a vertebral body. The vertebral body then connects to the lateral masses by the pedicles. The transverse processes project laterally from each pedicle. The lateral masses, also known as the articular pillars, are then connected posteriorly to the spinous processes via the lamina. Together, the pedicles, the articular pillars, and the lamina form the posterior arch, known as the neural arch. Take a look at the images in the blog post to remind yourself of their general features. Definitely take a look at the pictures in the blog post. I am having some anatomy lecture flashbacks right here. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so now that we have a general understanding of the C-spine itself, let's talk about the imaging. Dee, in your lecture, you broke this down into a systematic process. I love that. Thanks, Jenny. I only steal from the best. 
So the standard way to look at C-spine CTs has a mnemonic that is very similar to our EM mantra, the ABCs. A for alignment, B for bones, C for cartilage, and S for soft tissue. ABCs, alignment, bone, cartilage, soft tissue, that's great. So now give us the details. Just to orient ourselves, there are three main views of the cervical spine on CT, the sagittal, the coronal, and the axial. So starting with A, we look at the alignment of the four lines, and the mid-sagittal view of the, on CT provides us with the money shots. We should see smooth curves down the anterior vertebral body line maintained by the anterior longitudinal ligament, the posterior vertebral body line maintained by the posterior longitudinal ligament, and the spinal laminar line maintained by the ligamentum flavum. We also should look at the spinous processes maintained by the interspinous ligament. The alignment of the spinous processes are not quite as smooth as the three columns, so we mainly focus on the tips. To review, the main view in which we evaluate for alignment is through the mid-sagittal slices. This is similar to the lateral view on the C-spine x-ray. Okay, so basically, I'm going to look at a mid-sagittal view, or kind of a lateral view, and I'm looking for the smooth lines down both the anterior and posterior portion of the vertebral bodies, the spinal laminar line, and the spinous process line. I want four pretty much smooth lines. Perfect. Now we want to look at the bones themselves. Moving on to B for bone. Look for irregularities and asymmetry within each individual bone. You should assess the bones in sagittal, axial, and coronal views. And on the mid-sagittal slices, you can assess for the anterior and posterior arch of C1, the dens of C2, the vertebral bodies, and the spinous processes of C2 through C7. As you scroll through to the parasagittal slices, you can evaluate for the left and right lateral masses. Of note, the C1 lateral mass is more anterior than the rest of the lateral masses. So when, when we move to the coronal slices, the anterior coronal slices show the lateral masses of C1 in the same slice as the dens of C2 along with the vertebral bodies of C2 through C7. More posteriorly on the coronal slices, we can appreciate the lateral masses again now of C2 through C7. The axial cut allows us to see the connection between the pedicles, lateral masses, and lamina, and therefore is the best view to assess for the integrity of the ring of C1 and the neural arches of C2 through C7. This is also a great view to assess for the intactness of the transverse processes. Okay, so each view, sagittal, coronal, or axial, provides a different perspective on each bone, and so we should scan fully through all of these views so that we can avoid missing any injuries. Correct. Moving right along to C for cartilage, here you're looking at the spaces between adjacent vertebral bodies and between the spinous processes, essentially looking for any widening or narrowing of spaces or asymmetry. Moving from superior to inferior, on the mid-sagittal slices, we look for the basion dental interval, which is the space between the dens and the anterior articular surface of the cranium. Then we look at the pre-dental space, which is the space between the dens and the anterior arch of C1. And remember, this is maintained by the transverse atlantal ligament. Lastly, we look at the disc spaces between each vertebral body and the interspinous spaces. 
On the parasagittal slices, we evaluate the space between each articular facet joints. On the coronal slices, in addition to the disc spaces, you want to specifically look at the symmetry and integrity of the lantal dental interval, meaning the relationship between the lateral masses of C1 and the dens. And lastly, on the axial images, you assess for the integrity of the facet joints by looking for the hamburger sign. Hamburger sign, I like that. I had a delicious hamburger for lunch today. But what is, what is the hamburger sign? What appears to be a hamburger is created by the normal articulation of facet joints on the axial slice. The top bun, if you will, of the burger is created by the superior articular surface of the bottom vertebra. The beef patty is the joint space, and the bottom bun is the inferior articular surface of the top vertebra. That seems pretty straightforward, and now I'm hungry. Okay, so, spe <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, so special attention is given to spaces around C1 and C2, as well as interarticular facets, which we'll see more clear in our next session, looking at the devastating injuries themselves. Last but not least, what was the S? S stands for soft tissue. Here you're looking for prevertebral swelling. Generally, we look at this in the mid-sagittal slices. There are guidelines to the amount of millimeters the prevertebral soft tissues should be, but as emergency medicine physicians, the important thing to remember here is that the prevertebral soft tissue hugs the vertebral body fairly closely. The prevertebral soft tissue is narrow, C1 through C4, but starting at about C4 to C5, there is overlay of the esophagus, so the soft tissue becomes wider. Therefore, soft tissue thickening inferior to C4 is not a reliable sign of injury. Narrow soft tissue from C1 to C4 and then wider starting around C4, C5. Got it. So now, Dee, I know you feel really strongly that ED docs need to look at these images themselves and not rely entirely on our radiology colleagues for this. My whole shtick was inspired by Dr. Keegan Tupchan, one of our other awesome attendings, who always goes above and beyond to provide the best possible care for his patients. Back in the day when C-spine plane films were a part of the mainstay of cervical spine clearance, interpreting C-spine imaging was completely within the realm of emergency medicine. C-spine CTs are slightly more involved, um, but that doesn't mean we should just abandon our patients. Our radiology colleagues are amazing, and I couldn't imagine life without them. But ultimately, we're the clinicians and have the patients sitting in front of us. The more I practice, the more I realize the importance of clinical context when evaluating radiology. I'm not advocating that we become radiologists, but I think we should be empowered to recognize CT imaging that could potentially change our patients' lives. That's great. I totally agree. So let's review your system for us one last time. It's as easy as the ABCs. Alignment, bones, cartilage, and soft tissue. Thanks so much for joining me today, Dee. That's all for the Coriam podcast this week. In a few weeks, we will have the second half of our C-spine conversation. In that one, I'll be talking more with Dee about specific C-spine injuries. Come on over and check out the site at coriam.net, where we've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up this Wednesday on using supplemental oxygen in COPD exacerbations and a journal update on the utility of LP after a negative head CT in suspected subarachnoid hemorrhage will get posted this Thursday. Visit us on Facebook and like us if you like the site. Visit our Google Plus page and follow us on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. 
Thanks and see you all next week.